1: flushcarecom slash weightloss.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to God. God Culture. Game of Thrones is good. And I forgot my own slogan <laughs> oh, yeah. there. I was going to just say. Anyway, hello. Welcome to our recap of season five, because dear God, we are getting so, so close <laughs> to season eight. I'm joined by Cy Gallagher making his debut. Hi. Are you? I yeah, am, you yeah, are, yeah, aren't I you? Am. Yeah. And James Hunt, who we can't get rid of, yeah, so that's sorry, good. guys. Uh, you know the drill by now we're going to be going back through the entire season 5 recapping what happened what didn't happen all the sexy bits all the exciting bits all the bloody bits all the gory bits all the really interesting bits as we get ourselves excited for the forthcoming season Now, I wasn't here for season 4 so I'm going to pretend I don't know what happened so I'm going to keep referring back to you for little plot points here and there but season 5 is uh, it's a difficult one isn't it because it was sort of just as the show has ascended to unmissable, mm-hmm. everybody now watches this TV and should have really become a bit stale, a bit formulaic, but of course they were still pulling largely from the books. I am right in saying this is the first time they overtook them. There mm-hmm. are little elements in this which hadn't come out yet. So this is the yeah. first time that the showrunners had to kind of give, you know, give themselves a bit of a, uh, what's the word I want for this? Rope to hang Rope themselves with. Rope to hang themselves <laughs> with, yes. Um, by and large, James, mm-hmm. before we get into all the specifics as this is the first one that veers off
1: from the books, how faithful is it? It does make quite a lot of changes. Um, not necessarily good ones. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much you want us to go into now. Or well, not gonna, not too uh, much. When you say um, bad ones, what in particular is missing? Um, it's more just stuff that, m- obviously you have to condense stuff mm. down. The books are very sprawling compared to like 10 hours of a TV show. Yes. Um, so you've got to like cut stuff down, you've got to expedite things, you know, you've got to Try and fit them in with what you've created and what works there, rather than where George R. R. Martin can just write as much as he likes and keep going and going and going. And and does yes, and then not be able to finish. Um, so you do have to make those changes and they have like cut things down. But you cut those stuff down, you're going to lose mm-hmm. a lot of important points. Anything in particular? Uh, Dawn is probably the biggest. I've yeah, so got, I got, uh, I got uh, that because I, I know you, so yeah. no matter thing. Uh, yeah, Dawn's quite a big one. Um, that's maybe. We'll get we'll get yeah, onto that yeah. right. So
0: where we left off, my little notes I've made from where we ended season mm-hmm. four. John had effectively taken command of the knights' watch in the process of that battle, although they weren't all majorly happy about that. Nope. it was uh, somewhat unaccepted. All he had killed. Yeah, I don't really... That was quite bad, that. That was awful, yeah. Because the little hesitation, she wasn't going to kill him, was she? And then, oh, it's fine, because Ollie's there to save the day. Ollie, a very popular character in this series. He got
2: away with that.
0: Yeah, he only gets more and more popular in this season as it goes on. Stannis, uh, who was missing quite a lot of his army at this stage, had gone up north of the wall. He'd basically regrouped after King's Landing, and he had taken over the Wildling camp just as John had gone Mm -hmm. to meet Mance Raider. Tyrion had killed Tywin... On the toilet. Did you have fun talking about that
1: on the last episode? Yeah, great time.
0: You so went right, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> My favorite part of the whole show—that where he kills really? him on the loo. Aww. Chris Thompson, who actually works at what Coach? if you ever go to his house, don't. But if you ever do, uh, op- going? <laughs> directly opposite his toilet is he's printed off a picture of Tyrion <laughs> <laughs> with the, with the bow, That's and mean. I popped at that, even though I wasn't having a pee. I just thought as, as I was turning around. But anyway, <laughs> it's a good little intro that we've got here. Um The Hound fought Brienne, yep. and we assumed. Had been dead, yeah. sort of killed by her. Arya had refused to kill him. And that was kind of. I'm sad I wasn't here for that because one of my favourite subplots in all of Game of Thrones is the friendship between Arya and the Hound and it mm-hmm. kind of yeah. all ended there. But yeah, so we, we assume he's dead going yep. into the season. Doesn't make an appearance at all. No. Uh, unless I've missed my notes really badly. Uh, Danny had started banging Dario and then she'd sent him off to go do stuff and she was going to lock her dragons up because she couldn't control them. And kind of a weird season for Danny season four, I think. Is that Was that the conclusion
1: that was drawn? I don't know if I said weird, but solid.
0: Okay. Well, Jora has been expelled as well. They found out he, been, he had been spying, even though he wasn't anymore because he little bit of a heart thing going on for Danny. I think we we'll all want to admit. And Cersei was just sort of there. She's just kind of kicking about. The trial's all finished now. Yeah. That sort of that story done with her. Marjorie's there trying to get a clause into Tom, and that was where we ended season four. We're going to start season five at King's Landing because. Pretty much the focal point of the whole season, really. Mm-hmm. It was quite an odd show from that perspective because it was very much just here is, the, here is the Royal Family, here are all the people they hate, and it was kind of a little back and forth mm-hmm. between them. But obviously, it changes so much in season five purely because of what an absolute wet wipe Tommen is. And he sort of comes into the fore for the first time this season. I know he does briefly do stuff in season four, but Tommen as a character, his introduction in season five, what, like, com- comparative to Joffrey, what did you make of him?
2: I think he's a really successful performance because he completely sells the fact that he's a rubbish character.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that
2: got more? you go. That's it. That's all my insight.
1: <laughs> James? <laughs> um, yeah, I think the thing with Tommen is you always get that he's just more of a kid than Joffrey ever was. Joffrey mm-hmm. was this sociopath. Tommen is, by and large, quite a nice person. He's quite mm. good-hearted, but he's also not fit to rule. Mm. And that's, what, that's why Tywin was very successful because he was able to have such control over him. Like, Joffrey's death was quite good for Tywin because then he's got this easier to control, put it on the throne. Mm. Now, Tommen's in charge, Tywin's gone, so everything is thrown into chaos. There's this huge power vacuum, and that's obviously what leads to 70%. Cersei and the Sparrows coming in. We see, you mentioned Tywin there. Obviously, he wasn't the only one who was trying to control
0: mm-hmm. Tommen, if, when you think about it. Obviously, Marjorie's Margaery. idea was to get her claws in before yeah. Cersei could do things. Cersei, obviously, was going to try and rule through him, and then you've got everything else going. I've written down, literally, in my notes, I still don't quite understand the whole High Sparrow storyline, because... In my head, the way I remembered it was not how it was when I was catching up on it and rereading it all because you forget it's actually Cersei who brings them in initially and then Marjorie sort of uses them against Cersei, but it kind of backfires on her and then little gets involved. Mm-hmm. Can one of you please just give me a rundown as you remember it of the whole High Sparrow
1: storyline and what you thought of it when you first saw it? Um, I think it's quite important to see like season five kicks off with the prophecy Cersei hears when she's younger mm. um, about a beautiful queen who'll cast her down. She thinks that's Marjorie. So at that point, she's thinking, I need to take Marjorie down. Mm. So she empowers the High Sparrow. Um, she gets the information from Littlefinger about Olivar. She's able to uh, imprison Loras and take Marjorie down as well. But then, obviously, this is Game of Thrones. Nothing's yes. ever that simple. So Littlefinger's not going to just work with Cersei. He's working with Elena as well. Gives them Lancel. So then it backfires on Cersei. And that kind of fits into a lot of prophecy in Game of Thrones about how they aren't like written in stone. It is what you make them. Mm. Interpretation. And, Cer- and Cersei thinking, I'm going to get ahead of this and take Marjorie down before she takes me down, ultimately ends up taking her down as well. Was the plan still to marry Cersei to Loras? Because I remember, obviously, that was the big thing. with
0: uh, Tyrion was going to marry Sansa, and the other part of that was Cersei was going to marry Loras. That's how he wanted to sort of bring all the kingdoms together. It kind of gets forgotten about a bit that after after Joffrey's death, doesn't it? Or was it very much... Is that part of the reason she got him
1: imprisoned? Uh, that's a good question. I can't remember how it goes down. No, um, I, neither can I. Yeah, I don't d-
2: think so, from what I remember.
1: They wouldn't have just because not done that, though. It was still part of the plan. Yeah, but then obviously Loras gets imprisoned, so that's mm. kind of, again, Cersei's way of getting out of that. Um, obviously, there's bigger issues after Joffrey's death because
0: Joffrey's dead. Of all the plans, though, to try and bring down Marjorie, <coughs> Cersei using an ultra-religious sect that really hates adultery and incest, is that not the dumbest thing it's anyone's the, done in the, all of Game of Thrones? It's
2: pretty much the biggest cell phone. It, uh, there's loads of cell phones in this, in this program when you go through them, but this is probably the worst one. The way that it leads to the shame. Whoa. Well, we'll
0: get, we'll get to that in, in a little bit. The character of the High Sparrow. Mm-hmm. very 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 important in this season comes relatively out of nowhere and then very short lived in the show which we'll get to in another uh, recap what did you make of him? Um, the performance in particular I think his performance is
2: great Yeah. because it's, it's really really low key and really slow burning but he's clearly he's a zealot mm. which is the important thing and he doesn't do anything you've got all, this is a programme of people who are like grand characters and caricatures and he's not he's a fairly normal guy he's just He's committed to one thing, which is what a lot of these characters aren't. Mm. Um, and I think he's great. Oh, okay. great. Jonathan, Dave, John, no, jo- not jo- Jonathan.
1: Jonathan Price. Price. James, the performance. Uh, yeah, I think Jonathan Price is excellent. Um, you know, he's one of those like kind of older English actors that this show attracts so well. Mm. Um, and he's like, his delivery of like, that vocabulary and his sparring with Cersei and Daenerys especially, is really strong. I thought it was quite interesting because it's such a show. The lore is also grounded
0: in various. Religions and various interpretations of religious dogma, that this was the first character that actually felt like a religious character. I mean, obviously we had the Red Woman as part of you know, the, the Lord of Light and stuff, but that felt like a supernatural character, mm-hmm. like something mysterious. This was the first character the show brought in, I was like, I get you, you're really religious, you're <laughs> all about that. And it was, is that kind of odd, really, given that the show's so grounded in, like, the gods and all this to have...
2: I think it is, because in, in particular, in this series, they talk about how the church and the state are the two pillars. Mm. And yeah, up to this point... It's all state, isn't it? Yet. Yeah, it's just been different elements of state. And then some witches.
0: We will talk about the, uh, the walk, because I was just reading up on it. I didn't realise it was actually a body double. Yeah. She yeah. used the whole way through.
2: You can see it in some parts. The CGI in it is not massively brilliant.
0: Uh-huh. But, uh, Which particular freeze frame did you think? I've, was been, <laughs> I've
1: been
2: through, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> about 13, 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was reading up
0: on it. Apparently, it kind of misses the point. The way they did it, it differs massively from the TV to the books. Because in the books, the whole idea was you know, she's had many children, she is mm-hmm. aging. The whole part of the walk was meant to sort of expose her as not being beautiful and being actually very fragile and very human. But they got a body double in who was about 15 years younger than yeah. Lena Headey.
1: Is that do you think the
0: show's really missed out on something there? I,
1: I don't know if they've missed the point necessarily. I mean, obviously, the body double thing is Lena Headey's choice, um, and that's fair enough, really. Um, and otherwise, you know, you're still seeing this woman being broken down. She's mm. still, like, being ridiculed by the crowd. She's having stuff thrown at her. She ends up battered and broken at the end. So I think you still get pretty much the same kind of point. Um, even if you're not seeing someone who's a bit older or whatever, you have seen a different kind of body. I think it still works, and you still see it all on Lena Headey's face because the things she does with her face... Well, apparently, that's, as she, she said, that's does. one of
0: the major reasons she wanted a body double, because she thought it's such a nuanced scene to do mm-hmm. she wanted to be able to focus yeah. almost exclusively on the facial mm-hmm. stuff also she has loads of tattoos which i thought were gonna yeah. be mm-hmm. a bit of a problem um do you think it's one of the most interesting bits of character development they've done for her because obviously she's so stoic and icy doesn't flinch the whole way through the walk and then completely breaks down yeah. when she finally gets to the red keep how much does that tell you about the character
2: i think it's a quite a strange moment because up until that point when i when i rethought about this Cersei never seems to stand out as somebody who should care about what the people think of her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost as if it wouldn't come into that at all. And because, partly because they use the body double, and they miss out that element of it being about revealing what she really is, compared mm-hmm. to what she's supposed to be. And it's, it becomes more about, like, a punishment, the people like mm-hmm. reacting to her. Um, not reacting to her, uh, sort of abusing her, yes. let's say, um, then it misses it misses out that fact and it becomes more about her development at the end of it becomes more about the fact that she seems to think, oh, well, the people don't really like me. Mm. But you would never have thought that that would come into our mind in the first place anyway. Is it possibly
0: relief? Because she's been imprisoned and sort of not so much tortured, but like really interrogated for this information. It's
1: finally over. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. And I think, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily like j- just... Broken down that the fact that people hate her. It's just that you know, if you had to go on that walk, no matter who you are, you know, you've been, you're bloodied, you're bruised, you're battered, like you've had all this stuff. You're gonna be bloody upset. Yeah, I hate walking as well. It's a long walk. It's it's a long walk. I
2: mean more about that development from that point on, where she becomes the like the evil queen as opposed to the stoic Mm. character. Not well, just when she cries out the door.
0: Anyway, at the end of all that, we meet the mountain, because he's back. Yeah. And Jesus, dear God, what did you think he'd done with that when they first introduced him? One word, answers only, please. I thought that was going to be absolutely insane. I thought he was going to be, like, tentacled or something. I thought he was going to be like, basically an octopus inside of his thing. But that's just me. Any further? That's interesting.
1: He was so, pu- he was so purple and,
2: like, <laughs> yeah. smooth. I just thought... It was awful. I remember at the time when, when they, they did it, it was really dark. <clears throat> And we spent quite a lot of time, I think me and you did, lightening up pictures of oh, him yeah, to see what he looked like. And it was like, why are they hidden this? Because it looks really good. Like, it doesn't look like an octopus. It, yeah, it looks like they've spent a lot of time going <laughs> into his design and then turned all the lights yeah. off so you can't even see it. Well, we've all been there anyway. But I think it works.
0: Speaking of where we're not, is Dawn very much, because this mm-hmm. is very much. Jamie's story in this season is he? he's come back, he's missing his hand, lots change at King's Landing while he's been away. Cersei has not moved on, but there's not that relationship there that was originally. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Dawn to try and get their daughter back and he takes Bronn with him and it's, I think he says to Bronn, you know, it has to be me, I have to do this. But you say they miss loads out yeah. from this story. What in particular?
1: Um, well, I kind of change it completely really. I mean, Jamie doesn't go to Dawn in the books for a start um, and the Dawnish plot is like this much bigger conspiracy mm. um, and in season five and then a little bit of season six, it's reduced to Doran Martell being this weak idiot. Elaria Martell, um, Elaria Sand even, going against him and rebelling. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Whereas in the books you've got, um, he has two other children. Mm-hmm. So you've, he sends Quentin Martell to Quentin Martell <laughs> to um, align with Daenerys Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Daenerys isn't there. Quentin ends up being killed by dragons. It's, it doesn't go well for him. Uh, <laughs> and then in Dawn, Arianne Martell, his daughter, who is... Like a really great character, she's kind of part of this big conspiracy to get Marcella on the throne. Ah, um, and that's where the whole Dornish plot's really going. It's this, and Doran is part of that. He hates Lannisters, mm-hmm. he's not like having this peace with the crown, he's just pretending to do that. So it's this much bigger thing, and it's going to continue into the next book. Whereas here, alongside the fact that you've got bad acting, bad dialogue, bad fight choreography, and um, it also cuts all of that away. I would
0: say that. I know you've got to make things much more succinct and get pretty much get the same. You want to have two or three really strong mm. narrative threads, yeah. and that sounds like it would, that could dominate a season, yeah, or something it's... like that. Is it also not just worth it for the budding friendship romance between yeah, Jamie Bronn and Bron and Jamie? Bron and
2: Jamie are good. It's the only the only good part of it. Even Jamie is a little bit boring at this point to me because he hasn't got that much to do. So mm-hmm. they're just like, what can we do with him?
1: Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. give him
2: Bron. That's that's. Like how we'll make it better, but then they put them in this awful story. And I know we keep talking about how you cut certain elements, mm. and you have to because of their runtime. They give so much time to the House of Black and White, unnecessarily. That's true. That they could have done a well, little I, bit more in Dorm.
0: I would say so unnecessary. It's just in my also <laughs> notes at the yeah, bottom <laughs> of this because I didn't think it was particularly interesting. Uh, well, Dorm was cut massively from the show. I'm going to cut it now for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. We're going to go see Danny now because this is another. I think I was maybe taking back a bit by how sort of all over the place Danny's arc was. Mm-hmm. When I watched it through, I basically had it in my mind that she very cleverly put a plan together, took all these cities in Essos, and then made her way over. But it's actually a constant ball ache for her. Yeah. She's in Marine now. There's now, for the first time, she has an actual populist to properly mm-hmm. rule this huge city. They are not massively happy with her. She doesn't really understand their traditions. She keeps making quite bad decisions, which eventually leads to the whole Sons of the Harpy thing. As far as Danny's arc goes, how important is season five, do you think?
1: Uh, well, I suppose it's important in the sense that, like with season four, it's about her learning to be a ruler, mm. not, not a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Because in season three, she's just going through Astapor and Yunkai and she's just freeing these cities and then moving on. And it doesn't really matter, like, she's just leaving them behind, mm-hmm. no regard of what comes next. And this is what comes next. So, you know, if she wants to rule Westeros, she has to learn what it means to be a leader it's a bit of a snooze fest. Really? Season four is worse.
2: Like, it's good, when, I like when the sons of the Harby come in, but I don't want to watch a program like this for, like, how do you do democracy? That's not what I watch Game of Thrones <laughs> for. That's not the Game of Thrones, is it? Get a throne, that's it. End it there, that's fine. That's Yeah, I mean... And an I know it, it has to be character development, but the do, it's not character <coughs> development when they go through all of this and then eventually they just send her back to where she was in the first place anyway. Watching this bit was fine at the time, but then... When you watch what comes next, mm-hmm. and she ends up back at the start, it's like, I've literally yeah. just put in so much time to this thing. It's quite an interesting point. In it's itself.
0: quite an interesting point you make there, because they do build up this whole thing about Marine and Barrison and Selmy dies, mm-hmm. Grey Worm's injured, and that starts happening there. The, she imprisons both of her dragons. Drogon's missing. He appears every now and then, but he's he's just not around. It does kind of feel like they're building up this entirely different way of presenting her as a character. But then, as you say... They just get attacked in the fighting pits. The press the reset button. Drogon basically gets her and then she ends up with the Dothraki at the end. But, crucially, this does, this is the bit where she meets meets Tyrion. Yeah. Because obviously Jorah brings It gives Jorah
2: and Tyrion better things to do.
0: Do you think, well, of everything going on in Essos in this season, is Jorah and Tyrion the most important, do you think?
2: I think it's the most interesting. Uh, Tyrion's on a downward slope from here, unfortunately, because of how good season four is. Mm. And then, it, I don't know why, but it he, he has interesting things to do, and his relationship with Jorah is really good to watch. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as good as Bronn and Tyrion, but it's still, it's still <laughs> all right. Um, I think Jorah's story is much more interesting, even though it's probably the most ridiculed story. In it's the quite entire, predictable, really, yeah. isn't it?
0: Like the redemption arc for the, the lowly, but heartbroken he been, old man.
2: But it isn't entirely predictable, because if you were to write that story, he would be dead by now in uh, we well, I mean, you
0: say that I, when you say if you were to write this story, I suspect the man who is writing this story yeah. probably will have I killed him all. I don't think
2: he's writing it anymore. You keep mentioning the next book. I don't think there is mm. one.
1: Well, Also, Jory doesn't have... Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> <it's, you> None <know, laughs> of this happened yeah, at it's all. It's a whole other thing. Give us a cliff note. Um, so Tyrion doesn't go with Jorah. He goes with a guy called Griffin Youngriff who is actually Aegon Targaryen, the son of Rhaegar who didn't die but everyone thought he died, but... Probably is a fake. Um, oh yeah! And then oh, they heard about all this. So instead of Jorah getting Grayskill, it's Jon Connington, who was Rhaegar's best mate. Um, they're going to bring Grey to The rest of us, Jorah is just off doing whatever.
0: That's oh, a whole um, other different thing.
1: Yeah, it's, think it's because it
2: better the like Ian Glen. Yeah, good actor. I, um, think
1: good. I think they were right to cut a lot of the Aegon plot because. It's just, I, don't, I can't see it really going anywhere. Back on Tyrion, though, it's a very... Because he was effectively
0: presented as the god of tits and wine, the most unfortunate man in Westeros. Then the trial happens. Pretty much the moment he puts that bolt into his father, he becomes a very different character because he's not exactly whoring <coughs> and boozing in this season, is he? He's very much trying to present himself as a man who has seen it all, mm. who oh. knows how everything it's works. That's beard becomes important. Yeah. D- is it better or worse, Tyrion?
1: Do you prefer this Tyrion to all Tyrion? All Tyrion.
2: All Tyrion's much better. But I think that's because from here it, he's bec- he's turning into Tyrion, the really bad advisor. Yeah.
1: He also gets a lot more to do in the first four seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't, he doesn't get like I think it's very frustrating watching Tyrion in seasons like five, six, seven because mm-hmm. yeah. he's just he was a main character and now he's like kind of just on the periphery, not doing as much. When I mean, he is doing it, it's yeah. bad advice. That's literally. Do you know do him as a main character anymore?
2: Well, it, it's interesting that you, you spoke about this being the point where it diverts from the books. Because Tyrion is George R. R. Martin's character, and then at this point the move away from the books, and all of a sudden Tyrion is not even remotely important. It's not. It's not just that they're telling their own story. It's like they're telling the anti-George R. R. Martin story, and the best way to do that is to just go Tyrion.
0: When you say Tyrion's George R. 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 Martin's character,
2: well, he's, he's his favorite character? And he. You think he a, writes it as, as yeah, if it was he's him. His Proxy, effectively. Um, and whereas now in the in the TV series everybody'll think it's Sam Tarly because of the theory about him being mm. the writer, but it's Tyrion, it, or it should be anyway. That's well, you
0: really know the theory about how everybody who writes a book puts himself in it, but the character is just better with women. Yeah, is that <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. that's the entire that's the entire yeah. premise. And then
2: and then when they move away from it, Tyrion all of a sudden is celibate and is is, is, <laughs> is, is natural. <laughs> <laughs> to point
0: actually, since it got off the books, he's not had, he's not got his whole once. He's he done he?
2: is stand outside the door.
0: And listen. <laughs> Probably, I mean, I don't know George R. R. particularly well, but I think that's probably more an accurate depiction. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting off topic here.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just
0: the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for
2: a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
0: John, I wanted to save this to a little bit into the podcast because there was quite a lot to talk about. Yeah. John's story in this is when you actually lay it all out, not a whole lot happens, but how important it is and how dramatic each part of it is, is so crucial for the for the rest of the show. Because obviously he's sort of taken command of the Night's Watch, have elected him in a very... Nobody's really all that happy about it. So we, they've defended the castle. Mm-hmm. He journeys up north to basically... God, is he go, is, does he go to kill Mance Raider or just to talk to him? I can't really remember. At which point?
1: The, At the very start of the season. At the very start of the season. So he's, he's gone to, like, talk... He doesn't go to kill Mance Raider, he just goes to talk to him. Mm. Yeah, he respects um, him, doesn't but he? But yeah. he gets
0: there, and obviously Stannis has taken over, yeah. and we
1: get this whole idea that Stannis
0: has been routed from King's Landing, and his new plan is to basically go into the north, work his way down, take, you know, far easier to conquer lands all the way down mm. and build up another army for which to go for the throne. But not that easy, because Stannis is... I, He's phoning it in for me, like tactically. From he just, I think he's so gutted about King's Landing. He's like, oh, just we'll go to the north, <laughs> we'll do this. He offers John like lordship if he helps him, but obviously John can't. Uh, it's it's a bit of a novel on this because I never really fully understood how they were trying to present John until about halfway through. Like he's sort of the leader of the Night's Watch. But he's not. He gets seduced by Melisandre, but he can't because he's still hung up on your greet. He gets offered this lordship by Stannis, but he can't take it. It's really, really difficult for him. But how close to becoming Rob do you think he is in this season?
2: Well, in the fact that both of them self-owned and led to their own deaths spot on. Have you just learned what (laughs) self-owning is this weekend or something? Yeah. It's my word of the day, (laughs) Finder. (laughs) <laughs> no, but like Rob leads to his own death, doesn't mm. he? You can't say he deserves well, We th- We he said makes, that. He we... makes a stupid decision that leads to his death, and it's to do with a woman, and it's, it's the same as That John. was pretty
0: much what we said when we were recapping uh, season, season three. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's just a string of... After make, doing everything right in season two, it's just a string of bad decision after bad decision Rob, which ends up mm. getting him All of them are killed. the same.
2: Stannis does exactly the same thing in this season. He goes from being supposedly master tactician mm. to being just the most idiotic of all time. We- but John.
0: The weather's bad. How about we burn your daughter at the stake and yeah. that, will, that will probably fix it. Yes, great idea. Nobody will have a problem with that. <laughs> it's effectively what this, Stannis This does.
2: series is more about John's mistakes aren't the same as the other ones because they're more to do with making him more human when he hadn't been up until this point because he's a, a Night's Watch mm. man, um, And his performance is not the most sympathetic of all time because it's not very good. It's it's a horrible thing to say. I don't think Kid Harrington's very good up until it gets better at this point. So they try and make him more human by making him do little mistakes, rather than.
0: What are his mistakes? Just to just recap.
2: Well, as much as I am Torman's number one fan, being too involved with the wildlings immediately turn these back on his duties as a at the wall. Uh-huh. Um, they both directly lead to him. Directly. They do very much lead to like him dying. Yes. Yeah. Um, his whole relationship with Egret—they're all like they're all narratively very good, mm. but for somebody who is in the Night's Watch, these are all. No, rule the number ve- one. Very easy <laughs> rule number two. Rule number three.
0: They're very <laughs> easy things to not do in theory, but is that yeah. part of what makes him that brings the human well, element? Yeah,
2: in? exactly. He's human. Yeah, and then so you have to feel like he's human in order for you to care when he dies. Because if he doesn't do all of these things, if you don't spend this time with him, you you don't invest forever, in him. You're not that bothered when he dies,
0: John.
1: For you. Big season, good season or bad season? Um <coughs> big season and good season. Okay. Um yeah. I don't think it's a bad season though. Okay. Um yeah, I really like his you know, first of all, starting with <laughs> killing Mansreday, you know, I think that's a, yeah. like shows again like that humanity, that honour to him. Then going and saving the wildlings. It's all about John just trying to do what's right. And because he's along with Stan, the only people who know what's coming. Like it's about the White Walkers, it's about bigger threats, it's mm-hmm. other things to worry about. Um, and then obviously we get the hard home and all hell breaks loose, and it's incredible but also horrible to watch. Yes,
0: um, uh, hard Home's literally next on the on the well, top. We can oh. skip to that now if you like. Aye. At the time, was this the best set piece they'd ever done?
2: I still think it pushes it pretty hot, pretty close. I mean, Blackwater's yes, pretty
1: me. amazing. Blackwater is sensational. But nothing,
2: but nothing made me like. You get that hairs on the buggy and mm. like, moment. Nothing was like that up until the point where he raises his arms. Like, it's phenomenal.
1: I think why this really stands out as well is because all the others' battles are just that. They're battles. They're mm. two sides of yeah, not equal-ish force going against yeah. each other. This is, is just a massacre.
0: I was going to say, it's... because the, th- the difference between this and Blackwater for me was I didn't really care whether Stannis or the Lannisters won that. I was i was like, well, this is just part of the story. This is just the thing I'm... Like, thi-. I wasn't... like, I didn't want to see them all get massacred by... It wasn't going to be like, oh, whatever they do here is fine by me. I was like, gee, God, I I hope they get out of this. I was finally being pulled in emotionally by the show.
2: The cleverly... The difference between it with Blackwater is the cleverly take away uh, one thing you care about in Blackwater by knocking Tyrion out. Like, if he hadn't been knocked out at that point, Mm you might have had more investment in it. So it's supposed to be just, who do you choose? Whereas this Mm -hmm. one is very much... These people can't die. And for the first time, probably... You start to think these main characters might actually yeah. die, beca- not because of like other main characters killing mm. them, but because of this other mm-hmm. force. Winter has come.
1: <laughs> Where does it rank overall? The, the big battles they've done. Um, I think it's for me. It's probably the best. Really? Yeah. Go on. I just think because again, it's, it's that horror. It's that like there's a surprise element. You don't really see it coming in the mm. episode. It's just kind of meander it's going along quite nicely you know you've got the stuff with Tyrion and danny and then it switches and oh he's going to rescue the wildlings and he's having this talk with the wildlings and you're like right where's this going it's good but you're like i wonder what the end game is here and then all of a sudden whoa like here's the white waters here's the whites and it's just hellish it's like you know they're doing this zombie thriller attack Mm. and there's just bodies piling up Um, yeah, that. <laughs> I always try and wonder like, because when Game of Thrones
0: starts if you just mentally snip out that very first scene which has two zombies in it where does it go from being a like, really interesting political thriller that's largely about incest and parts of the world you wouldn't want to live in to full on fantasy epic and for a while I thought it was when they brought down the wall at that moment mm-hmm. it switched forever and you can never go back yeah. is it actually hard or is it the exact moment he raises the dead
2: it probably is probably. there is a bit of a switch there yeah I don't think this is as good as the Battle of the Bastards.
0: No. What's no.
2: I, <sighs> I just think that one shot of John clawing his way. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's that. <laughs> like the, the sh the shot of Nike King is amazing and it is it's his moment and it's like it reinforces his threat and, and his mythology immediately. But that John clawing his way out and living is that's his entire arc in one mm. scene, and it's just so cleverly directed. I mean, they're both really, really good, and I sway between the two all the time. We have this conversation quite Interesting.
0: Often. Speaking of the Whites, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this because I didn't think it was a particularly interesting part of the season, but we finally meet the Three Eyed Raven. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Was that a satisfying well, enough payoff to that whole? Because it'd been seasons long, that them is, venturing to try and find him.
1: That was season four.
2: Yes. Bran is not finds in this the, season Bran's
1: not here. He's not in season five. He's
2: cut entirely.
1: Oh, well, good. We'll, we'll cut that. Yeah, we go <laughs> <laughs> uh, did
2: you leave him out entirely? He's, he just yeah. disappears, yeah. And then he comes back and he's been through puberty. And it's like,
1: oh, you don't look right. Because yeah, his story's kind of ended on the book at that point. So there's like... Eh, I don't know well, what we'll we'll do with to do We'll get <laughs>
0: back to Stannis then. He finally gets himself south of the wall. John doesn't help him. They... He comes up against the Boltons, and pretty mm-hmm. much one of the final closing set pieces of the whole season <clears> is going to be <throat> this Stannis versus Bolton, Baratheon versus Bolton battle. And it's just, did any of you buy for a second that this wasn't going to be the end of Stannis' story? Because it just it just feels so predictable in the way it's like, look, yeah. he's been through all this, he's lost half his army, his wife's killed herself, he's burned his own daughter at the stake, this is it. He's, he's, he's <laughs> gone down an avenue from which there was no way yeah. out. And everything they'd done to kind of set Ramsay up as like, this guy's like, we'll, we'll get to some other stuff in a minute, but this guy, he's got it to an extent. Mm. He's good. He's a character you want to see. You based, A fitting punishment for Ramsey would not have been losing that battle. You wanted more from him as a character. Mm. So was there any, did you ever buy it that he was ever going to
2: win? I really, 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 like I expected him to lose. I just really didn't want him to disappear at this point. Why? Because I liked him as a character. He was Stannis the Manus up until, like... <laughs> Stannis the Manus? Until season <laughs> four, pretty much. And then this series is <laughs> like... Sorry, sorry. Can I just That's clarify?
0: Stannis the Manus, That's though. a thing, yeah. I know, but, like, <laughs> Stan, do you mean Stannis the Manus is in he's the man? He's the or, man. like, it's just one letter away from the menace?
2: No, no, he's the, just, he's the man. man. Yeah. Stannis the Manus, bloody hell. It's not the most imaginative thing. No, but I, I, really, I really liked him. At that point, he was the manus for me. And then this series is about rectifying that and making you'd yeah. be like, oh, you should <clears throat> die. And it's too obvious. And I wanted it to be at the end for when Brian does what she does. Her duty? for Yeah. Mm. For that not to happen because you don't see it. Well, I just yeah. She could have hit the tree. I know. I know. <laughs> like season, season 80, and come back.
0: I don't... There's no... hope. Uh, oh. no, it's, it's not coming I mean, he's out. dead. No, he's, he's dead. dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they gonna confirmed it pretty
2: much straight away, but they, it was just...
0: It's all what you live in hope, though, Yeah. especially in this show, because if somebody dies, doesn't mean they actually have died, does it? No. First thing I want to ask about this, how did that play at the time for you? Because it was the water cooler moment, wasn't it? Jon Snow's dead. Jon Snow's mm-hmm. dead. Given that they just jumped ahead of the books, was he dead for you?
1: Like dead and staying dead? Dead, or? dead. Dead, dead. I mean, I never believed for a what second is, he wasn't coming back.
2: What is dead?
1: You may never die. You didn't buy for a second? I, 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 it's his story. Like, of course, he's coming back. <laughs> it was Ned's story at one stage. That was back in season. one, I know, one, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like,
0: it was. It's still a lot of people did still think it was. It, it wasn't until yeah,
2: it did. I think for me, uh, most I went through most of the series having like knowing things about the book mm. and things still being really shocking to me. Whereas this one, just I felt like I knew exactly what was happening straight after it. Uh, maybe that's just because of knowledge of the mm-hmm. books more than yeah. anything.
1: I, I don't think it makes it bad. Like, I think it's a re- still no, a really no, not all. great moment, and I think it's very important. Like I think you had to kill John at that point to then bring him back in season six and yeah. set him on this new path, free him of his Night's Watch vows, and so on. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's bit, really but,
2: really effective because of the build up to it. Like. Ollie, n- not necessarily Ollie, because um, although he kills Egret he's not. I was going to say, the, you, the floor not really. is
0: yours, by the way, if you want to <coughs> talk about Ollie for a second. Because I remember coming into this office when I first <laughs> came into Walk Culture, yeah. not long, and not long after I started, this happened. It's it's I very to learn hard. who Ollie was.
1: It's very hard when you're not allowed to swear yes. to talk about was, Ollie. <laughs> there was two words that kept being used. Yeah.
2: <laughs> one beginning with F and the other one being his name. Yep.
1: And that's pretty much it. But he
2: isn't, it's it's so, so successful because he isn't the one that the focus you hate on. It's the Geordie guy who I forget his name of every single
1: time. Also. Yes. Thorne.
2: Thorne. Who is amazing. His performance is completely Mm. amazing because you're like, I really hate him. (laughs) And you expect him to be the one. And as much as he's involved in that that whole moment, for them to then focus it all on Ollie is like, that's pretty genius.
1: James? Um, F Ollie. Yeah, get it off your chest.
0: Uh, that was the closing shot of the season is Jon Snow <coughs> lying mm-hmm. bleeding into the snow um, but there's some stuff I mean we've only got a few minutes left so there's a few things that didn't really jump out Ramsay's story arc with Sansa and Theon
2: well it was ruined by that awful decision to have the rape and yeah,
0: yeah <coughs> that was awful. is that the most difficult to watch scene they've
2: done yeah I think so which they'll say, well, that's the—that's the that's a point. point, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. But it's not; it doesn't need to happen. No, especially
1: what? not the way they do it. With no. the what audience. should they have done? <sighs> just not done it at all. Yeah, I guess. I don't know.
2: They could have shown the entire thing of a close-up, close-up on, on Week's tank. face.
0: Yeah, I just and implied it. I found it really, really. But I think actually,
1: don't want to see it through Week's face either because no, it's not his. It's true, yeah. it Shouldn't be about him.
2: No, it shouldn't. They do.
1: They do make <laughs> their escape uh, at the end, yeah. sort of. But again,
0: that was another one. I didn't realize this until I read back up on it. People thought they might be, have died. There was genuinely some people like, oh, so they will. Have they, do, they, have they the survived? Wh- the yeah. producers had to come out and say, oh, they're fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. That's them escaping. Yeah. Uh, we also have Arya's story in Braavos, where she spends ages in that house yeah. of Mopping the black and white. it's Yeah,
2: so painful. The idea, right? So the Golden Army are the biggest army now. The Faceless Men should have been. They're like the most powerful group of people who are totally undermined by the, the show. Mm. that could be used as a weapon by any of these other elements in the Game of Thrones. And now they won't be because they spend so much time making them rubbish. <laughs> I, I'll <laughs> be honest. I it,
0: it's one of the few elements of the show that I would genuinely say I found boring.
2: It makes me, it, it makes me furious the way they did it. I was so, in,
0: so in, invested in Arya becoming this sort of swordsman, very, very good, like a killer, becoming a, a killer that way with the Hound. Now, don't get me wrong. I get that now the character that they've got to play with in season seven and season eight is very good as a result of like all this, mm-hmm. you know, the lore behind the Faceless Men. But at the same time, I just did not care. It felt like I spent three episodes <clears> watching <throat> this, watching I get chased by the wave. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly felt like it went on for half a season. But killing merrin is very good. Oh, that's amazing. Again, yeah. it's another good
2: payoff at the end. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I just. But again, they reset her character as well. Yeah. It's like, make, uh, a girl is no one, a girl is no one. Actually, a girl is a stalk.
0: <laughs> yeah. So well, why
2: would why, why we here? All you've done <laughs> is ruin Jackin.
0: Is, was there ever a Jackin? You'll know this better than me. Because he killed himself, but then he didn't, because he'd never existed. Yeah, Jackin's just like a,
1: a face, an identity, right? kind of taken on.
0: So what, um, what, was it the same person she met all those times? Because they never really explained how he
1: got like free. No, don't explain it.
2: Um, I hope they do a reveal of it. They're not going to because no, it's too much of a good done. mystery. Mm-hmm. But like at the end, for him to take his mask off and be like... Right, we're going to have
0: to wrap very, very quickly. I think we've got like one minute left on the card. Favourite moment of season five?
2: Uh, just all of the torment bits.
0: Fair. <laughs> James, favourite moment of season five? Um, hard home. Just the whole battle. That's a fair all point.
2: It is hard home.
0: I'm going to go for... What am I going to go Mare for? Meryn Trant. Meryn Trant, yeah. Mare and I also the run. bit you told me that should be in here but isn't. After Drogon okay. rescues her and she spends two days pooing herself. Oh yeah. That's that's something they that's left out, but that's, that's another story time. Anyway, that has been our recap of season five of Game of Thrones. God season eight is so, so very close. So don't forget to subscribe to What Culture G O T because we've got two more of these. And then a season eight mm, yeah. preview, as well as all the lists, all the other content, all talking heads videos. They are coming your way very, very, very soon. And then I don't know, I guess we'll have to do some season eight content. Wouldn't that be Exciting. Awful. God, I'm genuinely sweating there. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Simon. You can get him on Twitter at Sy At James Hunt. At James Hunt. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, yep, there we go. That's and I've been Adam Cleary. <laughs> at, <laughs> Adam Cleary. What is James 8? What is it? James Hunt182. J- there we go. There we go. And yeah, we go. you know what mine is. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quins.